What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Danny Lopriori, and welcome to Off the Cuff. You might know me as the guy from the Basement Yard, Vine, the Lopriori podcast. And while I love to make people laugh, just know that I've struggled with my mental health for most of my life, just like many of you. Here on Off the Cuff, I will be talking with some of the most impactful influencers, athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and mental health experts to have real, unapologetic conversations about mental health and breaking the stigma that surrounds it. This show is for you, and I'm so happy to have you here. Now, let's talk Off the Cuff. Welcome back to Off the Cuff. I am your host, Danny Lopriori, and today I'm joined by the very talented, very funny Hannah Burner. I love that your last name is Burner because I grew up with like 14 Burners. You're Jewish, right? I am half Italian, half Jewish. You half grew up Italian. with other Burners? I grew up with other, a bunch of Burners. I grew up in Westchester County, which I grew up in a town called Hastings, which was like 90% Jewish. I went to like mm-hmm. 14 bar mitzvahs in like a month. So long story short, my grandpa was Jewish, but when he was seven, he was a loud mouth and he got punched in the face by a rabbi. So then he denounced all religion. So my, and married a blonde German. So my dad grew up atheist. <laughs> so like Jewish guys will hit on me and then they'll like find out I'm not really Jewish and then they can't marry yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Now th- my grandfather was a Catholic and then the church like wouldn't help him with something when he was a kid. And he was like, all right, I'm not going to be fucking Catholic anymore. That's and, the and, organized religion. Yeah, yeah. He was just like, no, nah, we're just going to be like Protestant horse now. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm with it. That works for me. I was like, all right, let's do it. Oh my God. Yeah. So you guys know who Hannah is. She's a big deal. Has her own podcast. She was on Bravo summer house. She's a stand up comic traveling, just doing her thing thing all over the place just vibing. also a d1 tennis player which i had no idea about yes back go in the badgers. day smack some balls go, go badgers. badgers go badgers i was there when it was lit it was like jj oh, watt yeah. was there russell wilson was there like i got drug tested next to russell wilson i think i tried to make a joke like someone's dehydrated <laughs> he was like uh-huh. I ever- there's a restraining order against me now. No, yeah, it was a good time. It's such a good like party sports school. Oh yeah, no. What uh, one of my best friends, Jewish. <laughs> my, my my friend Ben Gold. His name is Ben Gold, and mm-hmm. uh, he went there and uh, you know did a lot of jumping around at halftime. He did he did yeah. his thing. He said it was a great it's a great party school. When did you start playing tennis? When I was like four or five, I'd watch my dad play doubles with his friends. And then eventually I got good enough to start playing with them. Then I was playing national tournaments internationally, played a little professionally and then went to Wisconsin and then got burnt out. And now I'm a comedian. That's like literally the most spark notesy way of saying it. D1 athlete. This is a great like conversation starter. You look fantastic on paper. Well, it's so funny. After I graduated, my dad was like, you can get any sales job you want because they know that you can grind. You know how to lose. You know how to hustle. And then I actually did cold calling sales my first job because my dad was like, that's a job everyone should experience. So, yeah, I definitely have like discipline and I'm a hard worker. I definitely don't feel loved unless I'm successful. Yeah, me too. Kind of pretty much. (laughs) I don't feel I don't really feel loved ever, though. I mean, it's like you feel a high for a second and then it's like, okay, what's next? But I do think growing up, I was valued more for like how good I was at sports rather than like looks or other Mm. things. So like, I think I have a good sense of confidence in myself and like my body, but I, I have insecurities about like needing to be respected and successful and things. So there's pros and cons to yeah, yeah. division one athlete. Like, do you still crush though? Do you like, do you still go out and play tennis? Or you yeah, like- I fuck shit up. Every now and then there's like my dad's friend wants to play and I'm like, I'll, I'll fuck a dude up. I don't care. Yeah, I used to, I, love I played, that. I played on the boys team on the, at Beacon high school on the upper west side. Shout out blue demons. Blue demons. Um, private school. No, it's public. We didn't have a girls team. So title nine says you have to let the girl play. That's why I was asking. I was like, what kind of like, I was like, that had to be a public school because there, <laughs> yeah, there's no girls we, team. We literally were just in a building, our basketball court. You couldn't play on because the ceiling was so low. So you couldn't shoot it. <laughs> that was some New real York city, city shit. shit. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, is so New York, New York city. city. So you playing tennis. I've always asked this of like people that played like like one on one sports. I always play yeah. team sports because I'm a pussy. But like, 
You know what I mean? Because then yeah. if we lost, I could blame it on someone else. Yep, exactly. You know? Did you feel like uh, like pressure to play or did you actually like love playing? It, no, it was horrible. I mean, I was naturally like athletic. I love to run. I love to hit shit. I was like naturally talented, but I was like anxious. Like I had constant performance anxiety. Like one day I would just like, I'd be playing like top in the nation and I would just like, lose confidence in my forehand and convince myself, like I can't hit a forehand. I would like lose my second serve. It was like so mental and all my anxiety would come out on the court. Like your relationship with your life, they would always say is like the relationship with the ball. Like if you're feeling insecure, it comes out. It is, they say the court, I'm literally like an old man with sports references, but they say the court is six inches from ear to ear. Like at some point, everyone wow. has incredible ground strokes yeah. and it's really all like the slightest amount of confidence that will help someone win. But what like tennis is similar to boxing, wrestling, that one-on-one, -on -one, like striking each other and strategy. But like when you lose, you're a fucking loser. Like yeah, it's so gutted, easy yeah. after basketball to be like, yeah, fucking, you know, Jeremy <laughs> you know, couldn't hit a three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I had 25, so it's whatever. Or coach didn't put me in, no my fault. Yeah. But also tennis to go pro, you are an entrepreneur. You have to pay for all your travel. Unless you get sponsored, you have to pay for all like your coaching and your, you know, physical therapy. And then you only get paid if you win. Like imagine if the Knicks only got paid if they won. Yeah, well, I wish they never do. They'd be, they, <laughs> they would never be anywhere. They'd be out of business. Yeah, they'd be out of business. So tennis, I'm currently watching Wimbledon. It's a it's a really great sport. It's now like cool. Like all the Instagram girlies are wearing yeah. their like little tennis skirts and like holding a racket. And I was like, I was a fucking nerd back then for playing tennis. Yep. If you played tennis in the early 2000s, like <laughs> you might have got some D, but like it wasn't crazy. You know? Yeah, like. There's more yeah. soccer girls. Everyone like the soccer girls. The tennis girls, a lot of them were like Eastern European and scary. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you carry like your clarinet to practice with the unicorn. <laughs> you always saw a girl with that fucking big ass black box and a, and a tennis <laughs> bag walking down. I'm like, yeah, this girl fucking plays 11 instruments. Well, I do think also the tennis girls are a next level of crazy. Like soccer girls, like they have friends, they have community, they pass the ball to each other. Tennis girls, I'm like, don't fuck with me because it's me versus the world right now. Yeah. How many and times? I'm scared because you... my dad is going to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you go to that fucking weirdo tennis wall where you just bash the ball off to yourself? Not often. That's kind of a like New York City hobby, I feel like. That was cause... such a New York thing. I was like, who is this fucking yeah. psychopath? You've never seen someone wall. good hitting against the wall. No, not really. <laughs> I just see also like you're always gonna lose. You're always gonna lose. Um, but yeah, handball too. That shit's like I I'm like that hurts my hand. Oh yeah, I'm Puerto Rican, so I was I, I was born with like semi calloused hands. <laughs> these guys are fucking whacking it, and I'm, I'm like, ow! Get out of it. I was like, these guys are outrageous. <laughs> but yeah, no. So so you're half Italian. I'm also half Italian mm -hmm. as well. I guess because like your religion like wasn't so much in it, but like no. kind of being like mixed up. Did you ever have like identity crisis? Mm, good question. I feel like I was raised in Parksville, Brooklyn, where like a lot of atheists, a lot of just like non-religious Jews. When I was like in fifth grade, I remember the teachers preaching like everyone has different parents. Some have like raised by their grandma. Some have two dads. Like it was just the most like yeah. open-minded place, which I was very fortunate to be. But I did feel like tennis, I wasn't able to like socialize and shit as much because I was like playing tennis all the time. Mm. And to be a good tennis player, you don't get like weeks off. It's not seasons. It's 24 seven. But deep down, I always felt like I had a silly creative side to me that I was kind of suppressing like I was always like the funny one on the team. Like I always had very funny friends and family, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't until I like quit tennis that I was like, Oh wait, you don't have to torture yourself every day. And like, cause sports, they teach you like, don't feel your feelings. Like you're not nervous. You're not tired, yes. numb. And that's what makes you a warrior. And then I realized like, wait, I can make money just with my natural personality. That would be dope. Yeah. And you don't have to wake up at <laughs> fucking 5am. I literally told myself after college, I was like, I'm never running a time mile again. I'm never waking up at even 6 a.m. unless it's for a flight. And I started to have like boundaries with myself and listen to my own voice of like what do what really brings me joy. And I tried the whole nine to five thing. I did like 
cold calling. I did marketing. I did like selling t-shirts for a while. And then I basically was like, I want to do video. Cause I did some sports broadcasting. I knew how to edit. Yeah. And then like in two years I was on a TV show. So like, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, I manifested this, but like, I didn't not manifest it. That's like people have to understand, like luck is kind of part of manifestation. Mm -hmm. There's a part of it. That's just like, people ask me, they're like, yeah, like, how'd you get started? I was like, yeah, I had no job and made a song about titties. Action is always involved. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, all right. So like, I tell people this too, all the time. It's like a lot of people go viral, but it's like, are you prepared to stay viral in a way of like, to stay, you know, I don't like to use the word relevant because I always feel like a 16 year old girl like yelling at some like girl that like fucked her boyfriend. You know, it's like you're not even relevant. You're not even fucking you're relevant. You're so irrelevant. Get you're out. Not, you're not even rallies. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, okay. But you know, it's like a lot of people aren't really prepared for like certain shit. I knew it was getting to a point of like internet fame or whatever it was when people like started to say like mean shit to me. Oh, yeah. So that's when I knew. I was like, oh, everybody doesn't love me anymore. It's like, yo, this fucking guy's gay. I remember that (laughs) all the time because I I made like one song, like an openly gay R&B singer. Because like, you know, like music is like, you know, not very like openly gay yet. So it was like, yeah, like, so I was like, hey, I'm going to do this openly gay R&B singer. And people fucking Frank Ocean was singing like about girls and his love songs. Yeah. And it's like it's. It's like, even like when he does songs now, I'm just like, all right, like my guy pretty like a girl. I'm like, finally, like we got one. Hell yeah. You know, no, like, that was you just being an open-minded ally. Yeah, You're dude. An ally. I'm fucking <laughs> allied up. <laughs> no, I, I always say like... This year, but it's all right. Next year. <laughs> they don't... It's okay. If you check someone's podcast reviews and they're all positive, I'm like, oh, no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Our podcast used to be like five. And then I saw it like 4.8. I was like, all right, people are listening. We made it. We yeah. made it. Well, it means like people know who you are. I became good friends with Alex Cooper and she had me on Call Her Daddy a lot. And she's been like an inspiration to me in terms of like how hard she works and how she Absolutely creates and staying relevant. And I tell her, I said, when I feel down, I check your podcast reviews and it makes me feel better. <laughs> Because like this girl gets destroyed, destroyed. You'd think it's like Tom Brady after a game. Check Twitter. He's the worst quarterback that ever played football. Yeah. Or they talk about him like kissing his son on the mouth. (laughs) That's like every other comment. It's like this guy kisses his kids on the mouth. I'm like, this dude just threw 600 yards. (laughs) Gay. (laughs) Gay. You know, I'm just like, Jesus. I'm like, guys, I can never retreat enough to be like, I'm going to turn my comments off. No, but I thought about it. But the thing is, is like, if you retreat, that's when you break. Never retreat, never delete is something that I live by now. Yeah. I also think that like, you just can't let it affect your creativity. Like I know people who will get insecure and stop going to post stuff because they might be cringe or like stupid or unfunny. And it's like, if you're making yourself laugh or you're like in a friend group laugh, you post that shit. Because also like people can sense an authenticity or people can sense when you're like trying too hard. And sometimes the haters, sometimes they're on point. Like they will find yeah, the one thing you're so right. fucking insecure about. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like sometimes they'll be like, she, she wasn't even that good at tennis or like some, they'll find like the thing that like hit, like your little brother would say to you. And you're like, ah, I remember so, like, <laughs> you're so right about that though, because one time I remember I took a picture and some dude was like, yo, you need a dental cleaning. And I literally went and got it like a week later. He's actually right. I went to the dentist and it was just like, oh yeah, like you're due for cleaning. I was like, that motherfucker was right. That motherfucker is like a a dentist. Yeah. So I had another one where I lost like a ton of weight and like I posted like the weight and somebody just wrote still fat under it. (laughs) That was like my big one. And then I turned it into like a merch line. Still fat. Yeah. I turned it into a merch line and that shit sold out like crazy. Yeah. I mean, my podcast, Giggly Squad, was based off of like a dude who yelled at me and my friend because we were just like nonstop giggling and laughing. And he's like, fucking peanut gallery Giggly Squad over here. And I was like, that's my new podcast. Thank <laughs> yeah, you, sir. Thank, you. thank you, sir. Haters can be on point sometimes. I don't want to hate them all, but I hate most of them when it's just like when you come from the top rope, it's too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. just be respectful enough because like I wouldn't even write that on anyone. Well, well, that's the thing. You think, would I write this? And you're like, I wouldn't. So what I do when something really hurts is I click on them and I look deep into their lives. Me and too. And I'm like, oh, if, you know, yeah. if that was my husband, I would I would comment that on someone's shit. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, you're private, so you're a pussy. 
I'm like, or like your daughter's ugly. One or one or the other. Cause you wonder, <laughs> cause when here's the thing I always say to people too, when people are like, dude, like you're so authentic and like, you're so cool. I'm just like, I'm just letting <laughs> you guys know. I'm just letting you guys know right now. I'm shallow and insecure as fuck. All right. Well, that's I have, the thing. I have way too many issues. I even told like my fiance, like when we first started dating, I was like, yo, I'm just going to give you a medical roundup of like, what's wrong with me. <laughs> well, so, I like so, that up front. You have to be these days. You I have also, to be. they say with reality TV, the people like you love aren't as great as you think they are. And the people you hate are not as bad as you think they are. And I think that's like so true. And me and you have met a lot of people who are like public eye and some of them are like better than they are offline. And then some of them are like so much worse and you oh, really yeah. don't know you're watching performative people out, out here, but Especially also in comedy. I've had a, so many fucking letdowns oh, in comedy, yeah. like to the point yeah. where I'm just like, <laughs> it's almost to the point. It's like, yo bro, like, you know, I could beat the fucking shit out of you. Right. <laughs> I, I know like, I'm sitting in this nerd chair, but if I got yeah. up, yeah, you know, I box for 10 years almost, right? And I could beat the shit out of you in this green room if I wanted to. No, because nobody comics, would say shit. Comics have a lot of insecurities. I don't know about your haters, though. I get a lot of them. It's the religious moms. You always go on that oh. page. It's always like, be kind. Love my husband, David. Actually, no, David's a Jewish name. Love yeah, my David's husband, <laughs> Tom. Brad- Bradley. 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 Or Everett Stevens. Everett Stevens. Yeah, see, for me, it's mostly like uh, I get a lot of like uh, right wing guys that come for me sometimes. Sometimes I get some women that wouldn't like a certain joke we made. Yeah. Like we made a song called like Respect Your Bitches. And then like like, somebody was like upset that we used the word bitches. But I was like, you guys know this performance art. This is my art. This This is how I express myself. This is that's that's the joke. I'm currently getting some funny hate right now on a joke because I never do. I never really get political just because I'm not smart enough. But recently I like figured out the gun debate and I was like, okay, people say guns don't kill people. People kill people. But that's not true. Guns don't kill people. Men kill people. 98% of mass shootings are men. So fine. Keep the guns legal. Give it to the wives. Give it to the girlfriends because they're busy. They're doing their skincare routine. (laughs) Give them the the nuclear codes. Give them the long (laughs) They are doing their skincare routine. They're going on hot girl walks. They are worried about every other thing. They don't have time to blow up schools. And then people are like, oh, but these guys don't have girlfriends. And I'm like, so then they don't get any. No one gets any. Yeah. And no, guys are getting very upset about that. And guys are like, well, then she's going to shoot me. And I'm like, maybe that's a good thing. At some point, I, I've always looked at it this way, too. It's like whenever you see these school shootings, it's obviously like I can barely even watch it because yeah. I immediately because I'm self-centered. I immediately, <laughs> go, I, I immediately go to like, what if that was one of my kids? Yeah. You know, and well, I get it's the- good. You have like sympathy i have sympathy but it's like almost like it's obviously i have sympathy for them but everyone makes everything about themselves i'm like yo if i was there i would do it's like when mark Wahlberg said he would stop the 9-11 people and i was like thanks mark Wahlberg." i was like didn't you blind a vietnamese guy once (laughs) just put on your whitey tighties and relax yeah you know and and that's the other thing too it's i try to like not get political and then too much but the world is just like it's all encompassing with social media right like that's what everybody's talking about but like i don't want to like turn like this type of shit into content but then like a part of me is confused like i want to talk about it so like that's the type of shit i deal with but what's fun about like for example like the kind of joke i said about the guns is that like i'm not trying to that's that's funny about it it's true but it's also like i just want to move things around so people have a different perspective of stuff like even if they're talking like even you being like give bitches respect like that's a conversation that makes you're spinning things on their yeah, head and making people it. see things through a new lens and like that's what i love about comedy especially with like masculinity femininity dating like i love to just like make people question the social norms and like no one talks about how it's all dudes and i'm like so why are like get me out of this narrative like yeah. Let me, I can have a gun because I'll fucking make it look cute. I'll put, I'll bedazzle it. <laughs> yeah, that should, be, that should be fresh. That should be fresh. I mean, I'm pretty metrosexual myself, so I would probably bedazzle my guns too. I feel like most Westchester dudes, they like love their hair. Do you get a haircut every Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm the only one in my family that still has hair. Oh, all, wow. all my brothers are bald. 
I have no balding whatsoever. I mean, I just cut my hair because it's summertime, yeah. but all my oh, hair. Oh wow, is here. gorgeous! Yeah, so, so my hair is all here. It gets long and it's very straight because my mother is of native uh, Puerto Rican descent. So I have beautiful uh-huh. hair. I do get my hair cut like every two weeks, and then like I wear cropped pants and Common Project sneakers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's that's, that's the your, hand from That's your like uniform. Yeah, that's my uniform, you know, but I street it up from time to time. Speaking of comedians that I've met that are actually very nice, uh, your husband is one. Your husband is one of them. Oh, at Caroline's, you met him? Yeah, he he did some shows there when I was working there and I was their fucking slave in there. He was very, very welcoming, very nice. Speaking of haircut, that guy loves to get his haircut. Oh, that man. He is a silver fox. I think he started, he was like better looking once he went gray. Yeah, some some guys it works out for. If I go gray, it's like it's not going to be great. I need this dark, dark beard and hair. I need it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll it see. might look like George Clooney wise. I don't know. I, I found one white hair to my beard and I sat in my bathroom naked for 35 minutes after. <laughs> Just sweating. Just twirling it <laughs> in my finger like this. So this is what's happening. This is what's happening to me. Oh this God. is what happens. I, I do think I like it. He's bigger in person than how he looks in photos. It's yeah, weird. I was like, oh, like this dude's gonna be five seven. When I saw like, <laughs> He's I, was three. like I was like, God damn, look on you. Yeah, I was like, it's because yeah. he's good looking, like you assume he and he has like pretty features. You think he's like little. You don't but think he, people in entertainment are tall too, though. That's what yeah, that's like they all have big heads and they're tiny. When they're tall, you're like, play a sport. Yeah, Why are you dude. like doing the arts? But I, I liked him because I've I've dated comics before and sometimes off stage they're like still such a comic like they're just always trying being a clown or they're like really dark and insecure and depressed off stage and he off stage is like very normal like salt of the earth guy from queens and i think i kind of got lucky because i was like i'll never date a comic again and then he kind of was just like a normal guy who happens to be funny on stage. He's, he's slid in your DMs or you guys met he organically? He slid in your DMs. <laughs> that's, orga- that's organic now. Well, I actually saw him play at the cellar like six years ago before I did comedy. And I was like, ooh, that guy's cute. But he talked about how he lived in Ireland. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm not like going to hook up with him. Yeah, right. You're that's- just like, oh, well, that's over. That's such a great <laughs> female privilege right there. Just be like... <laughs> You literally went to the comedy cellar and found your husband and planned it out in your head. You're like, oh, he lives in Ireland. Like, I guess I could have sex with him at this point, maybe. I know. I was like, do I want to fuck him? But I also, there's like cons to the privilege where like, I've seen a comic on stage before and DM'd him to be like, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And he never responded. And then like years later, he was like, oh, I thought that like, if we met, we would have fallen in love and like hooked up. And like, I was seeing someone. I'm like, bro, I just wanted you on my podcast. Yeah, you could talk to another woman. It's all right, dude. <laughs> also, like it would not have worked between the two of us. Like it no. wasn't. It wasn't like that. Like I was like, no, mm, no, absolutely not. not. Yeah, sorry, I didn't do your pod. I just thought we were gonna like fuck and like it was gonna be like <laughs> magical and shit. I mean, that's like kind of a compliment though. It, you know, it is. It is a compliment to me, but also like I didn't even. He he definitely thinks more than most guys. So Des lives in Ireland a lot. So during yeah. the pandemic, he came back to West Hampton where he lives. And I was out here with my parents and some cats, like Love it. in a dark place, single 29. And he DM me and he 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 saw me in the comedy world. So he kind of knew who I was. And he was just like, do you want to get coffee? And then six that months was, later, we got married. I mean, no, we got engaged. Yeah. Love everything. about. I love everything about that. I think a lot of people put pressure on people to like wait two years, three years before you get engaged. I'm like, yeah, if you're in love, go for it. You know, my parents got married in... I got engaged in five months. So my love story in my head was like, I'm going to know. Like if I'm with a dude for a year, I'm like, mm, he's not the one that's taking too long. And I also feel like I go on a lot of female oriented podcasts and say this, but I'm interested with your people. Like I think the dude knows before the girl. 100%. Like, all, all the relationships that work out, the dude is always like, I know you're right for me. And the girl might be scared in her head, but like the dude oh, yeah. fucking either knows or he doesn't. Because I think men love harder in a sense of like fairy taleness you know like if a guy falls in love like he doesn't care if she's like broke yeah or like doesn't care if she's not like a part of this like kind of work of you know this is what she does what college she went to like what her family lineage is like (laughs) 
<laughs> girls are like they're like g- genetics based almost. It's like, oh, he's got his hair. He's six three. No, I know. I'm like, I want an NCAA athlete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's like you know, like oh well, you know, there's certain things. It's like even like with like I have depression in my family, and obviously it's hereditary. Same. Or, or it's just like very Italian, Puerto Rican, <laughs> I guess. But like, but it, it's hereditary. So like you know, like that's like girls would be like, well, like his dad has depression. Like girls are, are way more way smarter when it comes to like breaking down lifelong decisions. Okay. I, we I jump out the window and like, Yo, I'll do everything for you. <laughs> I'll fucking, I'll eat you out every day. I'll kiss you anywhere, baby boo boo. And then girls are like, yo, what's your credit score? Okay. Definitely in the thirties. And they're but smart. I, and they're smart. I think guys you. are simple emotionally in the way that like, they either fucking love you or they don't. Where yeah. girls all fake fall in love with like tons of dudes. Like, I think he, I'm like immediately like, I'll see a guy at a bar. I'm like, he's the line. Yeah, we're yeah. like, we're, we're, and, that, and then I'll like fall out of it and fall out of love all the time. Make shit up in my brain about him where guys are like, they see red flags. I think where girls don't like, I'll literally fall for any tall dude ever. Right. And occasional short Kings, occasional. Short right. Kings yeah. No, no. Yeah. No. Throw them in the mix too. They'll fit. And then <laughs> with guys, they literally like they know when someone's good for them or not. Like my fiance two weeks in was like, I'm marrying you. And I was like, this fucking narcissist he's fucking playing games. And I'm like, I knew he was like all the other ones. And I was trying to play some games with him a little. And then at one point he was like, Hey, if you want to play games, like I actually like I'm out. And I I was like, like, Oh wait, what? Like he, but in that way he's being vulnerable. Of course. But it's also speaking of tennis though, it's like who's serving kind of has the upper hand every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I felt like I kind of had the ball in my court in yeah. this relationship. And I think that happens in relationships where like somebody has a little more of the power at the moment and then like it kind of switches and then it goes back and forth. It's, I think people have to understand that relationships are a power struggle at times. Most of the time, oh, it's for sure. It's just people trying to be heard, but it's a fight to get to that point. Well, yeah, they say after the initial puppy dog phase, it's just like a boundary war where you're each just figuring out each other's boundaries. And that's when most relationships end. And once you can figure out like good boundaries or just like being good at fighting, that's why it's like show who you are way in the beginning. Oh, yeah. if If you're pretending to be like easy to get along with for six months, you could date and last with literally anyone. Oh, yeah. I went through some shit in my personal life in the beginning of our relationship. And he saw sides of me that like, he's, I've never seen him myself. And he was like, no, well, I like her, even though she keeps crying all the time. <laughs> I think and crying like, is not cool, me. I think, I think I'm definitely vulnerable cool. and passionate. I think I'm vulnerable and passionate, but like sometimes too much. Like I, I don't really have a filter. Well, yeah, because you're Puerto Rican. Yeah, that's true. And Italian. Yeah. So Are you I'm kidding a, me? I'm a nuclear fucking disaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, all about expressing yourself. Yeah. And my parents had five kids. Every time they were like, damn, another one? Jesus. <laughs> my parents like fist fought before they had sex and had me. That's what that's like what happened. You know, that was the other thing too. Like growing up, like I, I'm like a little more mixed race than you, but it's like mm-hmm. to a point it was like, oh, like, hey, like which Christmas are we going to? They're like Italian. I'm like, all right, racist Christmas. Cool. Like, <laughs> it's like, well, all right, I, just getting myself ready. Yeah, I'm not mixed race, but when I did go to the University of Wisconsin, I was considered exotic because I'm oh, Italian brunette. <laughs> like everyone's like, oh what God. is she with this dark complexion? <laughs> Have you guys seen that Italian Jew? And they're just like, no fucking way. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, everyone's Let's get like, our Russell Wilson jerseys and go to her fucking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be like ironic to wear a jersey now. I feel like no, it can be like if it's like in a funny sense, like if it's a two thousands throwback party. Very niche. Very niche. Party, yeah. It's a very niche market, but like they held on to those jerseys and they're fucking making money now. Yeah. I want to go to a nineteen twenties party. I want to wear a potato sack suit. You know, oh, yes. that's what, you ever see pictures of the 1920s? He was like, look at all these poor people. I'm like, that kid's wearing a three piece suit. Yeah. The roaring 20s were wild. Big discrepancy like, between the well dressed fucking poorest person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. But they're not fast fashion. That motherfucker did not go to Zara. That was no. handmade. That's going to last years. I just lost enough weight that I can go to Zara again. And it's like, it's the best. 
people do not talk, especially I feel like men don't talk about how when you're plus size, like the lack of fashion choices you can have. Because girls that's so hard to be drippy when you're fat. It's it's so so hard hard to to drip hard. It's so hard to drip hard when you got an extra little junk in the trunk. It's rough. Yeah, like they don't have they're so simple with the sizes. I know. And it's just like, oh, like this is a double XL. I'm like, listen, bitch. <laughs> I know a 2X. This shit is a fucking extra medium. Get this yeah. off of me. It's really hard. And I think that guys need to, you know, they call them like big and tall stores, but like just call them like big bros. Sturdy. Sturdy dogs. <laughs> Sturdy dogs. Husky Thick clothes. Kings. Thick, Thick kings. Thick kings. <laughs> yeah. Thick kings clothing brand. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, because I I was talking to like former football player who's a comic and he was just like, yeah, I can't wear anything. I've had these shoes for five years. He's like, I'm a size 22. I know like JJ Watt tried to like, or he was connected with some button down for like guys with broad shoulders and small yeah. waist. But like, I guess we it it. you're fucking niche. jacked, all right? <laughs> yeah. He's fucking Superman. I'm going to make clothes for the 1% of men out there. <laughs> We'll see how that works out. Guys. I'm just going to make a clothing brand so I could do a campaign and model it. Yeah. So I can get a bunch of free clothes. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so can we talk about Summer House? How, yeah. did summer, how did Summer House happen? So I was working at Betches, this like media company for millennial women, making yeah. funny videos, writing tweets, writing memes. It was like joke writing for me. And it's where I first realized like that my humor could be like universal slash viral slash could be monetized. And I was doing, I was interviewing people. I was doing everything. It was such a fun gig. I mean, I was getting paid nothing, but it was like, I was in my alignment. Like I was doing what I loved after so many shitty jobs. So I'd met some summer house cast members and then they like were recasting. And I literally got a DM from a producer and they were like, we know, you know, some of the cast, we know you grew up, you know, in Brooklyn going to like shelter Island. Like, are you down? And it was one of those things where I never thought I would do reality TV, but I knew that I loved entertaining. Right. And I was 26. I was single. I thought, why the fuck not? And I did it for three years. I had great experiences. I had horrible experiences. I survived it all. And I think like I learned a lot. Do you ever like look back and like look at the way they like edited shit? And like, have you ever just like ever wanted to call like a producer and be like, hey, what's up with these edits? Yes. Well, my first two seasons, it was like, if they have natural good storylines, they'll stick kind of real. And also the filming is pretty real. It's the cutting that they decide how they want to tell a story through like what perspectives. It's like who they choose to be the talking heads right. to like, they'll, like imagine, they'll put that music in the background. It was like, we want you to yes. think she's a bitch. Yes. Like for example, yeah. I try to explain, like I had a really, really hard third season where we were like all locked in the house. Like there was a lot of fighting and they like didn't use my confessionals. And I was like, imagine your people who don't like you narrating your life to America. Yeah. You're just like, that's not what fucking, that's not what happened. That's not yeah. how it happened. But like, so they can make choices and it's hard. Cause you're also oversimplified to these like characters. Like there's the hot girl, there's the messy girl, there's the truth teller, there's the hot guy, there's the like, whatever. And like, we're as humans so much more complex than that. And also the storylines are so much, when it gets really big, the show, you're all like fighting over production related shit. Right. So it, but like they can't show that. No, so instead that, of someone being close. mad that like you're in more scenes than them, they're like, you love attention. And then you're like, what are we fighting about? Right yeah, now? That, that's like too real. That's too it reality. Be- yeah, it all becomes ego. And then because I knew I loved comedy, I was like, oh, the the people who see me see me. And like, let's go off with that. And also I love producing and I love creating and I love writing and there was no creativity involved in it. You just film and then like six months later, watch like a show that sometimes you don't really even recognize and sometimes you don't even recognize yourself. Like imagine if like you're the angry one that season. They don't show any of your funny moments, any of you having fun. You're just like an angry bitch. (laughs) Um. (laughs) And they're just like, no, that's just like what we're going to go with. Yeah, but it could have easily been like, oh, she's a hero fighting against like something she felt was wrong. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We forgot to tell you her mom died. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like there was one part where some guys like Hannah's not hanging out with the rest of the group and they cut to like me walking to the bathroom. And I'm like, guys, like, why are we? Like forcing this yeah. so hard. Like you guys know how to so, take a shit, right? 
No, literally once I was going to take a shit. And they're like, she never cleans up. And I'm like, my bowels, like, let's consider our bowels. Like, were they, they, they were like, don't you hate it when somebody poops in here? Like, do they, <laughs> they ask you like prompt questions or they just oh, don't yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No, that's also the thing. People think that in confessionals, it's like, I need to speak up on something. No, no, no. You're sitting there. You don't want to be there. And they're like, okay, don't you think it was annoying when uh, Sophie said that? And you'll right. be like, I don't really think it was annoying. And they're like, well, it's going to look really annoying. And America's going to think it's annoying. So they'll like, if you kind of side with America on this and you're going to uh, see, and they're like, you're going to be fake if you don't say she's annoying. Cause we have footage of you kind of rolling your eyes. Oh, like you can think do whatever they want. Right. Yeah. This is what it is. Like didn't him just take like the grossest duty earlier. Right. <laughs> I hate it. It's like, yeah, I do fucking hate it. You're right. I hate poop. See, I, I, I don't think I could ever do reality TV one because like I require like too many daily medications. <laughs> You know what I mean? They're like, like where is his call time was an hour ago? And they're like, it's gonna take him. CVS. <laughs> guys, like, I, 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 like, I won't be able to do this. Would you ever do reality TV again? I would do it in like, I like unscripted stuff. Well, I would do it if I was like a little more involved in like hosting, maybe production. production. I love hosting, or like some kind of like dating show with friends or something, or or just something. Yeah, I'm a little more involved in because. I realize people like I am my personality. So like, even though I'm starting to do some comedy acting and I like that, I'm kind of very like anti five-year plans. Like I feel like they're kind of restrictive. I'm very into like general goals where I'm like, I like entertaining, like putting myself out there, like creating, I kind of see where the industry pushes me. And like reality TV was a form of entertainment that I tried. And like, honestly, it was great for my career, Yeah, (laughs) but it wasn't great for my mental health. See, that's the thing. Like, so I'm sure all of that stuff is they're telling you to be yourself kind of with like not having the full capability and full range of being yourself. If they choose, like, I feel like my first two seasons, they really kind of showed sides of who I am. Like they wanted me, they were like showing me playing tennis and all this stuff. And then we had a COVID season that was like bonkers where like we all were fighting and people are turning on each other and it got like not fun. And I'm also, I'm Sicilian, like I'm fucking... I don't turn forget up. shit. I don't yeah. forget shit. That be, like, they're kind of like, you're going to fight and they're like, okay, move on. And I'm like, no, what that person just did, like, they need wild. to be, yeah, like, that's not okay. Like, I take things very personally and I'm sensitive because yeah. I'm like a loyal friend where, like, I would never do that to you. So if someone does that to me, I'm like, oh, so you, you hate me. You're my enemy now. Yeah, no, um, if you, yeah, that's what it is. is. If you were, like, wrong me once, like, I, like, put witchcraft on you. Yes, like I like I could tell some dude was like really trying to fuck with me, and I was like, "Mm, absolutely, absolutely not. But reality TV is like you have to fight and move on, fight and move on, fight and move on. I can't do that. And you have to be fake. Like you have to like act like you're friends with everyone, even if someone like tried to like make you look horrible on TV. You have to be like, oh, that's just Sally. She's so silly. And I'm like, no, fuck Sally. Yeah, no, (laughs) Sally fucking sucks. I'll say it. Put that camera over here. (laughs) Sally fucking sucks ass. But you could say Sally sucks and then they cut it to make it look like you're just being a bitch. Yeah, Sally sucks (laughs) because she shit in my bed, but they'll cut that part out. That's that's just what it is. She fucking Amber herded me. (laughs) So yeah, it's but also it's entertainment to be messy. You're supposed to make mistakes. Yeah, of course. Be ugly. And ultimately, when I was single and in my 20s, it was really fun. But now it's like I'm married. You feel (laughs) like a transition. I definitely feel a transition in that, like, when you have a partner in life, it does kind of like calm you down in a way of like you have a base, you have support. I travel a lot, though, and I have a lot of my own crazy shit. But now I have to consider another person, which is like difficult. But now I feel like. I also get bored with things. So like three years doing reality oh, that's, TV. That's was, good for him. <laughs> I was thinking about reality TV. Yeah, no, like, you're like, you know, like we're married, but like I also get bored I with get things. Bored. So I was like, oh, that's if I want to switch it up a little, yeah. but also he's an older man. So like he doesn't have that much time left. So he'll right. be fine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He's uh he's in the golden era of his life. Yeah. So 46. Did, look at that. Doesn't look a day over 40. No. 
He looks like just a young guy whose hair went like he's what? like a, a watch model in a just for men ad. 100%. I've seen like so <laughs> many like citizen fucking watch ads with him and it. I feel like his fucking cheekbones. I like being with men who are hotter than me, though. Like that's yeah, my... no, I have to do that, too. If, if I'm the hottest person in this relationship, that's going to go crazy. <laughs> It's, it's just gonna true. Be, you start treating them like shit. You're just like, oh, it's like, did you even fucking work out today? You're just a piece like, of shit. Me grapes. Yeah. It's like, I need to be with somebody that's hotter than me. So when I go out with my fiance, people look at her and I'm like, okay, remember, you have to do stuff right to keep her because there's everybody else out here. <laughs> it keeps what, you what in am line. I hanging out with your fiance? Oh my God, you're so right. Yeah, I need to be with dudes who are hotter because, yeah, it helps. It helps my ego, though, to be like, yeah, I got him with that, my yeah, personality. Yeah, no, it flips around. <laughs> it's like, I'm funny, bitch. I'm just like, yeah, but my credit sucks. But I'm funny. <laughs> you know, that's why. It's like, I really feel like uh, being able to make women laugh is a big in initially. Yeah. But funny. Yeah runs out at some point. <laughs> That's the thing. Then they start finding you annoying at a certain point. Yeah, you find yourself like, annoying at a certain point. Yeah, it's like, like, I can't do this. Fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this funny is like the perfect in, but it is important that I feel like you find someone who like, you find them funny in like the simplest ways, like just how they interact and like their little thoughts. Cause yeah, like someone trying to be funny gets old real quick. I yeah. also, you know, it can be a show. Yeah, time. like New York dating, even like some of these dudes, any woman out there are boring as shit. And you think the date went great. And then you realize, oh, no, I was great. I deserve an Emmy for what I just did. But then six months in, you're like, I'm tired. I can't yeah. keep up the charm and the wit. I've run out of stories. I'm out. <laughs> and I think I think it takes a lot of courage to get out of relationships because like people will say like back in the day, it's like. I had courage and I stayed in my relationship. Sometimes that works. Whatever. I would tell you this though. It doesn't. Because <laughs> if there's no kids involved, right? Do not stay in a relationship that is just not working because you're just going to get older. You're going to get sadder and you're going to get fatter mm -hmm. and you're going to get angrier and you're going to mm -hmm. fucking learn to hate somebody. That, and you're like, you know what? He has a good job, so I'll stay around here. People really need to understand that it's okay to be selfish. Oh, I love a breakup. I love a divorce. I love a breakup of an engagement. I Live think your beautiful. life. Live, Live your, your life. fucking life. Because if you're the one that's left with that person, who cares what other people think? You're the yeah. one that has to spend every day with them. And I do think that, yeah, there's so many people to meet. And just like settling is because you're afraid of being alone. They say like the happiest people in the world are like in a happy relationship. Next is single people. And the least happy people are people in unhappy relationships. I think I saw that on TikTok. Yeah. And then <laughs> TikTok's the new Bible. That's just what it yeah. is. And, yeah. I, and that's why I like, I really just want people to stress that. Like people know my story. People know I was engaged before and that uh, I wasn't and I'm engaged again. Like people know my life because I'm an idiot and put it on the internet. <laughs> but like, I'm not going to live my life for anybody else if I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I can't do that. And your relationship, like they're a mirror to you and like their thoughts become your thoughts. And like their conversation is what you're surrounding yourself with. And your happiness is dependent upon the energy around you. So like, it's sometimes you just need to get out of it. Yeah. And it's like when my fiance comes home, like you said, there's a feeling with dudes. It's like, mm -hmm. all right. Even every day I'm like, all right, I, I did the right thing. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. fuck this up yet. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hanging in there. But um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm doing the best that I can. When you were having like anxiety in, in high school, college, summer house, I just love the name summer house, <laughs> summer house. And, you know, you were having like performance anxiety, but you do stand up right now. So mm -hmm. you're doing stand up. Do you still have performance anxiety when you perform? Great question. So the first time I did stand up was at Caroline's in front of 300 people. I did 10 minutes. Love it. It's like a podcast show. And my friend was like, do 10 minutes of stand up up top. And I remember before I went on stage, I was like, this could be my tennis. Like I could walk on stage and freeze, be all in my head, be like worried about everything. But I got on stage and I felt like I was just like talking to a friend at brunch. 
And I think I just realized in that moment, like I tennis was something that like I love to do, but I actually didn't love competing. And my, I always felt like I was crazy. I was fucked up, but it was actually just my body telling me like, you don't like this anymore. Right. And it was like, it and was, you were like kind of doing it for other people kind of. Oh my God. I had so much pressure from like coaches. My parents put so much money into my tennis that they didn't always have. Right. Like for a 14 year old, like I was sent to Florida. Like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders with it. So I think with, with stand up, not only am I the only one who's involved in my stand up, but when I get off the stage, I don't win or lose. And I have, cause I am like greener in the industry. I don't have it attached to my ego where right. I'm like, I'm this comedian. I'm like, I go on stage. I try my best. I walk off and I'm proud of myself. And that's all I wanted for my tennis that I didn't have. Mm. So for stand up, it's become this like just There's fun, no creative expression for me. Yeah. And also like, I don't have that much fear and I'm not holding it too close to my ego. So I actually like, don't really get nervous. The only time I get nervous is if like it's an audition for something or like uh, I know someone's watching and I'll be like nervous for like the first five seconds and then I'll kind of calm down. But also deep down, I like, I like a little nerves. I like the high of it all, but I don't have this sick, horrible anxiety in my stomach that I used to have when I was another sports reference. I say it's like surfing. When you find the right thing, when you find the right wave, you just go. Oh yeah. But when you're like fucking with the wrong waves, like it's going to be a nightmare and yes. shit's going to be hard for you. Another good one yeah. too. It's like when you hit a home run in baseball, it feels like you didn't even hit the ball. It just goes. Exactly. You know, So I, I would argue that I was, I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to do now. Love it. Even though I do love to play tennis and I'm just cause you're really good at something doesn't always mean it's what you're meant to do. Or maybe for that time, it's what I was meant to do. But at this time in my life, I found like what makes me happy. I love everything about that. That is inspirational as fuck. So my, uh, but my thing is too, is like, if I bomb, it's whatever. Like I used to tell my friends though, too. It's like, yo, like what's the worst thing a girl could say? No, just, you know, that's it. They say no. So like people always say like stand up's the hardest thing ever. Like go up and you bomb. It's like, so would all of you. But I also love like whenever a joke doesn't work, sometimes the funniest stuff is being like, oh, you guys tightened up on that? Or yeah, like, yeah. Mm, okay, th that worked in my head in the Uber. Never mind. Like, I almost feel like there's no actual, I've like lost. Like, I've like played Duke in a third set and fucking double fault at match point. That's a loss. That's like you hate yourself. Yeah. Being on stage and like fucking up a sentence, I'm like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> no one cared. I tell people this like all the time too. It's like, I've had like close friends like die. Like that's a yeah. lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like I, I've had horrible things happen to me in my life. It's like, yo, if I go to a comedy club and they're like, all right. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to yeah. go home and, and do my podcast and jerk off. And you also, sleep. yeah, you also get better every time you get on stage. Like even if it was like the worst show, you get knowledge from it. So I just consider it like it's always practice. And then when I go on tour, I'm like in front of my favorite people and people who've been following me forever. And That's it's just like a thing. celebration. Yeah. So Built like audience. Practice. people hate on us, but I don't give a fuck dog. I'll sell places out with my <laughs> podcast. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well also the first like couple minutes, 80% of the door. I want 80% of the door. <laughs> I'm so excited for your tour. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. That My thing is like, if I'm having fun, that's all that matters. Because I know the type of oh, person yeah. that I am. If I'm having fun, you're going to have fun. And that's exactly. it. Exactly. That's what I, I always say. Then I'm like, okay, this is going to be a bad set. You're yeah. like, I could light up a room and I could burn the place fucking down. Which one do you want? Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what do you guys want tonight? Do you guys want to see me fucking implode up here? <laughs> because I could do that too, and that's way easier. You guys want to hear about my childhood trauma? Let's go. How many minutes do I have? Oh, I'm headlining. It's an hour. <laughs> Let me tell you about the first time I saw my grandpa hit my grandma. Oh my god! But it's you know? amazing though, because you like perform, and then you cut the fat, you add more, you're reflecting on yourself, and yeah, it's a fucking artistic expression. I'm not walking off i mean some guys i see them punch walls they get all fucking upset and i'm like okay you're getting off on this yeah this like is too you, much you wanted to be upset yeah i just want to hit that stage and pop this pussy and yeah exactly you pop know what that i mean pussy all night pop that pussy for an hour dude then like yeah dude 
that's worth the price. Of it, it flies. That's it flies. why it, my thing is too. It's I talk like really slow sometimes and that's going to be perfect. <laughs> I'm just going to talk as slow as possible. What they don't tell you about like comedy, an hour comedy, you're not giving a fucking hour Ted talk. It's a very engaging two way. Like you're like a concert person like there's a back yeah. and forth so like there's a lot of audience interaction and laughing and it becomes this journey of you and the audience so i'm excited for that for it's you. gonna be awesome and then my last question Uh-oh. i ask every guest Uh-oh. is are you happy today <gasps> oh my god i'm actually this is so annoying and obnoxious of me but i am happy today no that's great that's not annoying and obnoxious because most days i'm not <laughs> No, some days I'm not. I, I woke up today not really that happy because I realized like I had to do a bunch of shit. Like I have to do laundry. Like you're like because I realized I do this fucking podcast with the summer house girl. Yeah, um, like jeez. You know, I I will throughout the day be all over the place. Like I'll have a good hour. I'll have a, I'll have a killer hour. Like fucking like lit, and then I'll be like I fucking eat. So it goes up and down. Who knows what the rest of the day will be? But I felt very creative this morning, and I. I was like watching Wimbledon and like the sun was nice. And I was like answering some emails. I wasn't feeling overwhelmed. I felt like I had enough time to like look at all the stuff I'm doing. And um, yeah, like then you have an hour where it sucks. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I might get an email that might ruin my whole day in five minutes, but that's, that's why it's, that's it's just, you gotta live. live in the moment. Like you <laughs> yeah. said, five year plans. I'm a five minute plan guy. <laughs> Everyone has to be like, what are you up to next week? I'm like, who knows? Yeah, I'm trying I'm to survive like, moment by moment. You know, just get my money and go home, go to sleep. That's it. Yeah. Just trying to live my life. Mm-hmm. But guys, thank you. First of all, Hannah, for coming on. I appreciate it so much. Where can thank everybody you find you me. on the on the interwebs? Ooh, HannahBurn.com. I have all my shows coming up. If you're in Madison, Milwaukee, Tacoma, Portland, Los Angeles. So look, look at that. Um, Rhode Island. Anyway. Rhode Island. And then, yeah, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at HannahBurner and then B-E-R. And then listen to my pod. Burning in Hell is my mental health comedy pod. Danny, I'd love to have you. Yeah, and let's do Daily it. Daily Squad is like my pop culture pod. I have love my it. own Joey. Um, uh, uh, Paige. Uh, She's Italian. Paige DeSorbo. Uh, that's what it is. That's why you always need one. You need one. <laughs> Get you in the door a little bit. You know you what I mean? You need one full. You need yeah. one full that's just like, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> this guy's good with his money. This guy knows. She's this connected. Knows she knows guy, the guy. Yeah. This kid has better equipment than me. I'm going to hang out with this guy. You know, that's what it is. I would love to do it. Uh, listen, Hannah Burner, if you're in any of those cities, go steer. If you're anywhere with an iPhone, get those podcasts. <laughs> Live your life five minutes at a time. So that's all it is. But thank oh, you yeah. so much. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, 100%, I'll come on your podcast and I'll cry though. Please. I'd be honored. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Off the Cuff. Presented to you by 101 Life. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and send us some love with a review. And don't forget, we're all in this together and you're never alone. Peace. Fate Entertainment.